0: Happy Friday, everybody. TGIF. It's the free and Friday episode where we have a lot of things to talk about here at Filter Not Included. Uh, we have the Pro Bowl and Alvin Kamara's recent uh, run-in with the law, and we're talking about is Vegas uh, tarnished as a reputation as a city. We're talking about the Super Bowl upcoming. Timmy Bengals and Matty Burrow are going to talk their Bengals coming up against the Rams here and have that. Uh, before we do that, go check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and TikTok at Big Screen Sports For Twitter. It's at Big Screen Sport. Check us out. DM us if you want to share your uh, Super Bowl thoughts, your thoughts on Camara, as well. If you saw the Jonathan Allen tweet before it got deleted. Uh, Matty Bresson, he brought up the story about the Pro Bowl. We talked about it last episode, how it sucks. It's a terrible game. Mac Jones did the gritty. That was about the highlight of the game. We have the Pro Bowl as well as Alvin Kamara's uh, recent trouble with the law in Vegas. So, Maddie Brisson, we're going to pass it off to you. Uh, where do you want to start, Pro Bowl or Kamara?
1: Ah, uh, you know, I'll go off the board. I'll take C there. So, this is actually a good story. I haven't, I don't even think I've ever told you guys this off, but uh, previously I worked for a sports organization in Edmonton. They operated a gigantic football field. So, I know a lot of you guys are Oilers fans, so I think you'll appreciate this, but uh, one day in like the middle of winter, obviously, when you're working in ticketing, there's nothing to do. So we were kind of just hanging out around the offices, and we see some people walk by with city, city planners. So we're kind of like, what the hell? Like I've never seen these people before. They're all in expensive suits. It looks pretty professional. So we were like, what the hell? And then fucking one of the guys is walking back, looks at one of their bags they're holding. They have a luggage tag, and they're from the NHL. So what they were doing there, we later found out, is they were surveying... Being able to use Commonwealth Field, the big football stadium in Edmonton, to host another outdoor classic, and this was two years ago, so no doubt COVID's kind of thrown a wrench in some of these plans. But I mean, if you're an Oilers fan, you got to be excited about that. Like, what would be better than a little midwinter Oilers Flames action at Commonwealth Stadium? I can't
2: think of it. Right? What do you guys think, Questy? You look like a big Oilers fan. Uh, well, uh, didn't the Oilers and Jets have like a Heritage Classic two times? I think, one in where the Bombers play and one where the, I think, Riders play. So, I mean, it's definitely not out the question for Edmonton to host something like this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Sabrowski or Brock, what do you guys think about that?
3: I mean, if they can get, what did they have, 40,000 people there for the soccer game? I'm sure they can sell a lot more tickets for the hockey game. Not taken away from the, from the World Cup qualifying games. Those were electric, but... Yeah, I mean, like Edmontonians showed that they don't care if it's minus five or minus 25, they'll go out and watch live sports, especially at Commonwealth Stadium and a couple Molson's in you and you don't even know what the temperature is.
0: As someone who's been standing in Commonwealth's uh, piss-pouring rain during the uh, ACDC concert, I am prepared to battle the elements, except for soccer. That's kind of where I draw the line. I do know it was electric, though, so I – I honestly appreciate soccer fans and what it meant to Edmonton to have that qualifying game. But for other things like a hockey game, I would be willing to battle the elements as I have my entire life. Uh Brisson, what else we got to talk about here?
1: Uh, Well, we got the Pro Bowl, as you said, the Pro Bowl sucked. I mean, I think the biggest story coming out of the Pro Bowl was the Alvin Kamara story. So I guess the Pro Bowl was obviously on Sunday, on Saturday night, night him and some buddies gotten a, a scuffle with one individual that left one individual beat with what looked like within an inch of his life. So if you haven't seen that picture, I'm not going to post it on social media, but you can go find it on Twitter. It is insane. Um, But so the only person on our team here, you haven't heard from yet is Tim. So Tim, I'll ask you this. Is Alvin Kamara done? Yes or no. And the NFL and the, authorities both knew that Alvin Kamara was heavily involved in this situation before the game and they let him play. So should they have even done that? I mean, that seems kind of unethical.
4: I mean, it's not a surprise that the NFL has been unethical. Um, they've done that time and time again, but I don't think that Alvin Kamara is done because I don't know. Their NFL always seems biased towards their elite players. Like you, can screw up as much as you want, but you can still play as long as you're putting asses in seats. Um, So I think he's going to get kind of the Tom Brady deflategate treatment. He'll probably miss the first four of the season and then hop back in and be one of the most elite players in the league. So I don't see, yeah, I don't know. He should not have played. The NFL obviously doesn't care about that and Pro Bowl matters to them and only them, but. No, Kamara definitely is not done forever, but he's going to have to take a little break for
0: sure. Well, it's funny too, because uh, obviously looking at the stats from the Pro Bowl, you know, how essential was uh, Alvin Kamara to uh, team NFC? He didn't rush for a, didn't have a single carry or rush for a single yard, but he had four receptions for 23 yards. So uh, I'm sure that led to, uh, that was very important to make sure he was on the field, just to have those four catches of the backfield for, whether it was Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, or Kirk Cousins, throwing him a little dump off there in a the Pro Bowl game. So uh, was it worth it? No.
3: The Pro Bowl is just – it's a problem because football in itself is, is a violent sport and, and injuries happen regularly. Um, I can't imagine, you know, being – if I put myself in the shoes of an owner of one of the NFL teams and, and say I'm, you know, the, the Saints owner and Kamara blows out his knee – Now he misses all of next year. I'm fucking furious. Put it on the same same breath. You know, the game needs to be better. But I just, off the top of my head, I don't know what to do to change that, right? Like, you don't want your star players getting hurt because, you know, someone goes too hard and dives through a guy's knees. But the two-hand touch and kind of no one going above 65% kind of, Kind of sucked. I watched it for about five minutes. And
1: Here's what I was thinking, like, cause they were and was am I an idiot? Or were both the ML or the NFL and the NHL All-Star Games in Vegas this week? Weren't yeah. they? They were, yeah. This was prime opportunity for a crossover to make at least some of the shit fucking entertaining. Like Connor McDavid catching slants, who says no? And then for hockey, you have some of these fucking Pepsi-sized men trying to skate and play. Like that would have been so much more
2: entertaining, but Westy, what do you think? I think they need to scrap the whole pro bowl game itself. I mean, the players, if you guys watch the skills competition, the players are trying more hard in these skills competition to dive and catch for football and Stefan Diggs jumping through a table. Like I think just have a full week of uh, these guys just doing different skills and maybe, yeah, bring them over to different arenas and, you know, show them off. But, the game definitely needs, the Pro Bowl game def- definitely needs to change. And sorry, uh,
0: is Marshawn Lynch on skates? You know, is that a comedy act right there? Yes. You know, is him trying to uh, shoot 21 and 22 targets on a blackjack board? Is that comical? Yes. Uh, that's a great point because both were in Vegas. The crossover would be electric, trying to see some of these guys skate, vice versa. You know, like you said, McDavid catching a slant pass. But um, I agree, like the Pro Bowl game itself, I actually think it's unfixable unless they, they're going to come up with new ways to fix it, because I'm sure that people watch this one. I was like, oh, great. All you can do is bet the over and make some money. But quite frankly, I think the Pro Bowl game is something that you don't actually need to do. Uh, Sabrowski? I was just going to bring up the liability fact of it
3: all again. Like Connor McDavid running slants, twists his ankle or whatever, just shit like that. And I hate to be the, the Debbie Downer, but it's just there's no way it would work as much as I'd love to see Vince Wilfork try and skate. Just, I don't. I don't think that shit's happening ever. The NHL All Star Game was fun though. I liked it. I like the. Uh, I like the skills competition and the, the games were pretty exciting. You had a few guys like Patrice Bergeron, to name one, who were trying their balls off, and I think that was that was refreshing for sure.
1: Totally. I didn't watch a second of it, but I, the next day I ended up looking up the highlights for both the. Actually, Monday during work, because fuck it. But I ended up looking up the highlights for both the hockey, both the skills comp for the NHL, and also the games. And like, I actually enjoyed watching the highlights. And that just goes to show you, I went out of my way to watch that shit. It, I, I didn't watch a second of the Pro Bowl. I watched like three clips on Twitter and was like... How much of awesome. a win is it by the NHL
3: for bringing Trevor Zegers to the skills competition, even though he wasn't uh all-star, wasn't selected as an all-star, and he pulls this unreal wizard move out of his back pocket while he's blindfolded I think that's you know that's something that's probably got millions of views across social platforms and you got young kids out there being like holy shit like that was cool I'm gonna watch an NHL game now or or at least at the very least people know who the Anaheim Ducks and Trevor Zebras are and that can spread into other things
0: yeah, I mean, you remember the scene in 42 when Branch Ricky looks at Jackie Robinson and says there's little white boys out there mimicking your swing. You know, there's little white boys out there in California and across U.S. and maybe Canada that are mimicking the Trevor Zegers move that he pulled off um, in the in the skills competition. I mean, that was... People are talking about, they're like, oh, well, I think he could see through the blindfold. It's like, well, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if he was blindfolded or not. That move was incredible. And he scored. And he also got fucking ripped apart because he didn't even win the all-star uh breakaway competition or whatever it was called because they gave it to Petrangelo who just had a little marching band out there and ice and he didn't even score so no Trevor Zegras was obviously the highlight of that event and probably the entire all-star skills festivities and I mean that's something where you need to do things like that where you just have to highlight the certain players in the leagues that are going to get the most attention and I know it's been all over social media I watched it live and I know there was tons of live reactions to it and it was an incredible moment. There was even one I saw today where it was him and uh, his teammates, I believe, that were taking a knee on the ice during warm-up or something like that. Maybe it was during the All-Star Game or the skills competition. And uh, I think it was a goalie. can't remember if it was Gibson or not, but he bet him 500 bucks to go do the worm at center ice. And uh, he said, you'd have to offer me something like more like $5,000 or something. And, uh, things like that. Like I'm trying to imagine Trevor Zegers doing the worm in the middle of center ice, whether it was a skills competition or the uh, the All-Star Game, but that's a guy that's electric for hockey and he grows a brand and those are the kind of things you need, whether he made, wasn't all-star or not.
3: To go full circle on the, you know, back to the pro bowl, like the NHL all-star game going in a three on three and that small round Robin tournament is, is a idea that like, you can change your game a little bit. You can tweak your game a little bit as long as the, you know, the idea is the same. Maybe, maybe the NFL needs to, I don't know, start everyone at the 20-yard line, and just, just run offense only or something like that. But it's it's there's ideas out there, and I'm, I'm sure they can find something, but it's above my pay grade.
0: Now, is there is there a world where we can live in that we completely scrap just the, the all-star games in general in all sports? Like, obviously, baseball was the last good one where, obviously, it was the AL or NL, whoever won that, they got the home field advantage of the World Series. They don't have that anymore. But is there a world where... Uh, we get into it where it's just the skills competitions, or maybe there's some other factor or another, you know, obviously it's a two day event for most of these all-star weekends, but, you know, instead of having a game, maybe there's, you know, either two sets of skills competitions or something else. But uh, Tim, I saw you uh, putting your hand up. uh, What were your thoughts here?
4: Um, I can see the pro bowl getting switched completely to the metaverse real soon. Um, I just see them switching everything straight online, either, yeah, either doing that or playing the game straight on Madden. And I think the way to get people interested in football during this, you know, Super Bowl, not lull, but you know what I'm, it's not the most exciting week this past week, is to start setting up a tournament for the number one pick. Have teams that are not in the playoffs play in a playoff style format. Whoever wins that tournament gets your number one overall pick and that's your seeding for the draft. I think that would make this time of the year so much more exciting football-wise. And I think that's something that every sport should do and could do. That's not how number one picks worked in the past, though. Like,
3: you're okay with that? Like, you have to win the number one pick?
4: Usually, you rather the
3: worst team. I, I like it, but, like, I don't mm-hmm. think owners and stuff would agree to that. Because, in theory, the worst teams usually – not deserved, but it's better off. With, well, it's not even better off for them to get the pick,
4: actually. I totally get that. But wouldn't you rather see the best player coming out of a draft end up on a team that might actually win a game? Like, I'm tired of and seeing you're gonna have teams that are shitty forever. That's so true. Um, but I don't know. I just have – I always have such a hard time seeing these great players go and just have these, you know, franchises that are absolute dumpster fires just – burn these kids out and it's i don't know obviously it's not going to work because of the owners but i just think it would be a way more exciting way to do sports but i totally get why it'll never happen i don't know it's growing on me already though i'll give you that
1: yeah i think tim hit the nail on the head there uh business-wise i don't think they'll ever get rid of the all-star game i think what they'll do is transfer it to a different medium or change the game in itself and the rules, like Sobrowski said, but I think that they'll never get rid of it because if you can sell sponsorships and the players have to do it, like, because it's part of their CBA, like the costs are so low and you can easily exceed those, some of the stuff that even the commercials on TV, but yeah, that's, I think, I don't think they'll get rid of it, but what do you, what do you got? What do you, what do you think, Brock?
0: Uh Yeah, I, I obviously agree with all that stuff. Uh, let's let's transition here because one topic I need to talk about that uh, I believe is true. I believe that Vegas is cursed at least in the last uh, 365 days. Uh, Sobrowski came out with one of the greatest texts in our, in our group chat. That was dangerous driving, the handshake emoji and NFL players. And that just alluded to the Henry Rugg situation, but uh, Sobrowski, I'll pass things off to you. You are in America right now. I don't know if you've been to Vegas or you have recently, but, uh, in your opinion, in terms of athletes and Vegas, you know, uh, and including NHL All Stars who were yawning during the All Star game and during warm up, is Vegas cursed? Well, they were just yawning because they're hungover,
3: and a few guys, including one of the coaches, actually came out and just straight up admitted it. Pete DeBoer. So I, I thought that was that was awesome. Just everyone knows you're hungover. Just just say it. Why not? Right. Um, as for Vegas being cursed, I don't think it's. I don't think it's just a Vegas problem. Athletes get in trouble everywhere else. It's just, you know, you run into trouble when you have, you know, guys who maybe have shitty morals or fringe personalities. You give them a shit ton of money right away and and that's kind of how those things happen. You give, you know, you give a guy who might not be the brightest or, or like I said, doesn't have great ideas. You give him a really fast car and a couple shots and shit hits the fan and unfortunately like not to make light at Henry Rugg's situation a, a young lady lost her life like that's terrible and, and was needless and it's just really unfortunate all the way around
0: and to Boo, you know obviously with the Khmer situation like I don't know who the the man was that you know Brisson called it a scuffle I don't know if it was a scuffle per se when it was an absolute beat down but I mean that guy obviously we don't know this backstory of what happened there we obviously uh, our thoughts and prayers are with that guy. Obviously, he gets a recovery because of a dipshit like Alvin Kamara. But, uh, you know, we're trying to keep things light here. Uh, obviously, talk about Vegas because we all know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And unfortunately, with some people and certain athletes, it unfortunately haunts them and stays with them forever. But um, have any of you gentlemen been to Vegas uh, in the age where you're uh, allowed to consume alcohol and uh Timmy B, I've seen you put your hand up. Uh, what, share your thoughts with the people on your Vegas experience. Is it is it true that Vegas could be
4: cursed? Um, my trip to Vegas when I was legal age was with the VIU baseball team. So we had a lot of fun down there. Um, as far as Vegas being cursed, it's hard for me to say that because my wonderful American girlfriend was born there. Shout out, Teddy Hayes. And uh, I don't know. As far as Vegas goes, right now it feels like – nothing good is happening right there, at least in the sporting world, but I've had a lot of fun when I've been there. So it's hard to say that it's cursed.
3: It was called sin city long before professional sports were there. It's, and and we talk about, you know, drugs and then Kamara, but that kind of shit happens all over the world every day. It's just gets blown up in front of our faces because it's a, a famous athlete who we know, but Vegas like at the Colts and City Super Crazy Bowl talk happens.
0: coming up As well as Some special segments in the show Before we do that, go check us out on Instagram, Twitter Facebook and TikTok At Big Screen Sports On Twitter it's at Big Screen Sport With no S uh, We're going to get into some Super Bowl talk right now The Super Bowl is coming up In SoFi Stadium we got the Cincinnati Bengals day playing the Los Angeles Rams Timmy Bennett Timmy Bengals, we're going to pass things off to you. This is you and Maddie, Be- Maddie Burroughs' time to shine. You're finally in the Super Bowl. It's been a long time coming for at least you guys and your generation. You guys, what are your thoughts?
4: On Real Bowl? long time for this to happen. Um, I'm excited. I My uh, cashier at the grocery store today was even talking shit, um, saying that she was a Rams fan because I mentioned, you know, stocking up for the Bengals Super Bowl, and she started laughing at me, so we were jabbing a bit. Um but yeah, I've never been this excited going into a game. We've got some cool headlines or storylines coming out of the game too that I think are going to be fun to watch. Um second time in Super Bowl history that we have two number one overall picks running the game ex- as quarterbacks. Um so that's going to be exciting. Cuz uh I think the last time was Peyton and Cam Newton and that was a pretty decent Super Bowl. Um The big battle is going to be obviously on the Rams D line and the Bengals O line going head to head like Vaughn Miller, uh, Aaron Donald, both very elite pass rushers going up against a O line that has had holes in it in the past. But Joe Burrow has been able to roll with the punches. Um, He gets the ball out real quick, and I just think it's going to be a great game. Another great matchup to watch is going to be Jalen Ramsey lining up against Jamar Chase. He's already started calling him out, um, saying he wants to be on the line against their number one guy. And we all know the number one guy right now is Chase. Um, So I'm expecting a big game from T. Higgins and from Tyler Boyd because, I mean, Jamar Chase is amazing. He was an all-pro receiver, but Jalen Ramsey likes to shut guys down. So I think that's going to be the matchup to watch. And looking at how the – Bengals can adapt to that and another big thing is going to watch or to watch is going to be the tight ends um both Tyler Higbee and CJ Uzama went down with injuries in the last game and so it's going to be interesting to see if they're both back fully healthy for this game because they've both been really big pieces to these offenses so I'm excited for this game I've been itching for this game to happen just chomping at the bit I've got way more people than I should coming over to watch this thing. And it's going to be a hell of a party.
1: Absolutely, Tim. I'm feeling the same thing. You know, I woke up the other day and it finally started to hit me. I think that was Monday night. I was like, this is actually real. And then, you know, every night before I go to bed, I might watch it. half hours worth of Bengals videos to get my fix for the day. But no, I should have known this matchup was coming because one of my brothers, Mike, he's a huge Chargers fan. So I did the good old big brother thing at Christmas and got all my brothers a, a hoodie of their favorite teams. And for Mike, he's a, he's the Chargers fans fan. So I ordered him one night after consuming a thing or multiple things. Uh, and when it came in for Christmas, I was like, son of a bitch, this is a Rams hoodie because I fucked up the logos. I must've, cause I was not, cognizant so I should have known it'd be Bengals Rams in the Super Bowl because that's the perfect ending to that story but yeah I think this game is going to be decided in the trenches it's going to be an emotional day I have never had a team get this far into the playoffs in any sport that I cheer for but it's exciting you know I think the future is bright I think this is only the beginning but yeah it's it's crazy I don't even know how to think like I bought a big bottle of baby duck to shoot off my balcony if the Bengals win it's actually leader and a half and now i'm thinking like son of a bitch i'm gonna to have to watch the most stressful game of my life with like probably 15 25 people around me like i don't even know like this is gonna go through i think i might have fucked up there but it'll be fun i think anything bad happens to my team i think there's gonna be a lot of eyeballs looking at me so i might need a special brownie or something before but westy what are your thoughts on the game Who do you think is going to win and why? And don't say
2: the Rams. Well, my theory is the elite defense always overperforms in the Super Bowl. I mean, last year we saw the Bucs play against uh, the Chiefs and the Bucs were a better defense. But the year before it was the Chiefs versus the Niners. And the Niners had the better defense that year, but the Chiefs smoked them, I think, by a lot of points. So, I mean, does the Rams fit in this elite kind of defense? I think they're kind of. Top one of the top five defenses in the leagues. They had um, they're ninth in yards yards per play per play allowed with five point two. They finished third in sacks, but the Bengals had more QB pressures uh, than the Rams this year. That was also before they acquired Vaughn Miller. Um, so it's going to be really it's going to determine if that Bengals O line can hold up. I mean, they've had they've had a shaky season, but I mean they got to the big game, so they're doing something right. So if they can hold up, I mean, give Joe Burrow a chance to hit his one of his targets. Like it, this is gonna be a fucking good game to watch.
0: Roski, what are your thoughts on the uh, the game? You know, you're in America right now. What are the feelings, thoughts, concerns pertaining to this game?
3: Uh, well, I'm just looking for a good chicken wing deal for Sunday afternoon. I'm sure I can find some somewhere. Gonna, gonna put a few of those down first and foremost. And then uh I'm trying to remember, but I don't think I watched a second of Bengals football until the playoffs. So I'm not really a good barometer on on how they are. And the only time I saw the Rams is when they were beating up on, uh, on my Cardinals, and that's not much to write home about. So I uh, I really like the story of Joe Burrow. I think he's really exciting, and he's, he's really good for the league. And, um, yeah, I, I mean – I'll I'll start the predictions right now. Bengals, 37-31. Hit the over.
4: Uh, If we're going predictions, uh, I mean, somebody sent me a picture that turned out to be fake saying that the Simpsons predicted the Super Bowl to be 34-31 Bengals over the Rams. And so I obviously use that to bet the over heavily. Um, I think I pushed it up to like 58 and a half and still took it. So we're going big points. I like Zabrowski's, but I'm just going to roll with the fake Simpsons prediction, 34-31.
1: Rassan. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I I really don't even know what to think about this game. Like if the Bengals O-line can hold up, I think they have a decent chance. But if they can't and the like, I don't think any O-line can fully hold up against the Rams, then. Going to come down to other things like what if Jamar Chase breaks off another 70 yard stop route like a little curl route in the middle of the field like he did against the Chiefs. What if what if Burrow throws picks on back to back to back and there's exceptions. so many variables here. And I get the Bengals are four and a half dogs, but I don't know. I think the Bengals can actually win this game and I've done ridiculous things with or intend to do ridiculous things with my money <laughs> this weekend. I haven't placed them yet so I can't talk about it like I did, but I'm gonna go, it's gonna be closer than what I think. So I think it's gonna be 1960, and we got an Evan McPherson boot off for the
2: for the bowl.
0: Wesley, your uh, prediction for the Super Bowl.
2: I'm gonna lean 27-24 Rams. I think Bengals cover.
0: Yeah, I have the uh I don't know why that I've been thinking about the score for a long time. It's like buried back in the deep part of my brain where I have the Bengals winning 24 to 20 over the Rams. So unfortunately over doesn't hit, but I will still be hitting it because obviously my dumb fucking prediction brain has been off. I was 0-6 on money line predictions uh, going into this playoff. So uh, fade the boss heavily for this Super Bowl, but obviously it's it's a Bengals win at all costs because fuck the Rams, fuck the NFC US. Uh, Matty Brisson, we have breaking news here on the podcast that is coming to us live from this Zoom chat. What is the breaking news you have to report for the Philadelphia include listeners?
1: Yeah, fellas, I just saw a report leak that Russell Wilson is likely to get traded out of Seattle. And the most probable destination right now is the Philadelphia Eagles. So does that make sense for you guys? Do you think it's a good fit? I know that they're kind of in on in on Jalen Hurts. That's why they traded the backup Minshew. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think? What are your thoughts on well, that? We got rid of
3: Wentz for Hurts too, right? That is, if I'm true, not mistaken. Yeah. So, that's are they giving up on two quarterbacks now for a guy that fits the same profile in a way? Well, Wentz can't run anymore because he's got no legs, but he used to. And for me, it's one of those Nick's,
0: Nick Siriani's uh, game plan as a coach is, uh, you know, a run heavy type offense. Obviously, he had Jalen Hurts working best when he was, you know, moving out of the pocket and, you know, being able to be a mobile quarterback. Russell Wilson still has some mobile quarterback in him. But I'm sure the fact that Nick Sirianni has a guy like Russell Wilson who can do both still at his age, I'm, uh, I'm sure that's a full potential for a guy like Nick Sirianni, who Jalen Hurts is a good, is a good quarterback. He's, uh, you know, suitable. He can, you know, win the game here and there. I don't think he's the guy when it comes to playoffs. I don't know if the Eagles are playoff contenders next year. But, um, you know, it's one of those is, you know, Pete Carroll loves to run the football. I'm sure Jalen Hurts is the guy that just hands off the football and Pete Carroll system. If Pete Carroll still is the guy, which I'm sure he is. Um, Westy, what are your thoughts on uh, this potential trade? And if not, what, what's a suitable destination you have in mind that Russell Wilson could go to if he's leaving
2: Seattle? I think Jalen Hurts does a lot of good things in the run game. I think one of his biggest downfalls is Pat is throwing the football. I think Russell Wilson and Jalen Hurts are kind of very similar type quarterbacks, but, Russell does have that better opportunity of throwing that football. Um, I think the Eagles are a good destination for Russ. I mean, you got Devontae Smith, um, who I forget the Eagles receivers, but uh, Rager. Rager. Yeah, Jalen Rager, who they took uh, before J- Justin Jefferson, lol. Um, they got their tight end. Who's their tight end in Philly? He's, he's pretty good. Got it. Yeah, Dallas got her. But, I mean, the Eagles have to compete against the Cowboys every year. And what Dak Prescott does in, in the Dallas system is they throw the football very well. So, I mean, you got to you gotta try to win points in the air. So, I think it's a good fit. I don't know where else he could go. It, maybe New Orleans, but they got Jameis. Denver is a fit. But, I don't know, there's going to be a lot of QB carousel coming around here coming in the next few weeks. So, it's going to be interesting to see.
0: Getting back onto the uh, Super Bowl target uh, topic, obviously uh, the one thing that I have a bit of a beef with that's been all over social media, you know, during Super Bowl week, there hasn't been many, uh, you know, press conferences that have really wowed us in Super Bowl week yet. I'm sure because of Zoom calls and all that in COVID, but the one thing that's been standing out like a sore thumb is the fact that the tickets being sold, the average price for a Super Bowl ticket to SoFi stadium, obviously a new newly built stadium in Los Angeles, uh, the estimated average price, ticket price at this moment as we record is 8772 dollars which is just absolutely outrageous. Um that's that's obviously because it's a California Los Angeles, you know, a very profitable area but um the other thing too that has come up with this is the uh you know the top VIP suite levels are also priced at about $100,000 uh, according to CBS.com. So gentlemen, starting with Timmy Bennett, what are your thoughts on these high ticket prices and as a Bengals fan If I was to give you, let let me see, $8,772, would you go to the Super Bowl paying for your flights yourself?
4: I mean, obviously the ticket prices are outrageous. If you gave me $8,700, I got a lot better things that they could go to than going to the Super Bowl if I'm being absolutely straight with you. Um, But these ticket prices keep the real fans out of the stadium, which really sucks to see. Um, the stadium is going to be way quieter than it should be, and I actually saw Antonio Brown tweet out his receipt for buying tickets, and he got a private suite, like a private box with six like sideline tickets, and it came out to over two million. You made a really good point. You're pricing up the real fans.
3: Like there's, I'm sure there there's diehard Bengals fans who probably would have won if it was no a thousand bucks a seat or whatever, but they can't go even that a thousand bucks a seat is ridiculous and you can do a lot of things with eighty seven hundred dollars and you can throw a hell of a party in your living room for a lot less so and just with how good the tv broadcast is for these things these days like it's it's almost a hassle sometimes going to the game and in reality whether you're there or not you're going to remember the win the same or you'll remember the sting of defeat to get cliche you're going to remember that
1: the same so i think it's ridiculous that someone would pay that much for a game personally. totally isn't the super bowl longer than the, like an average game i swear that's a thing right like they extend them so they can sell more commercials right well i'm sure yeah, I think the they have, have a couple extra to- commercial breaks yeah exactly so that's another thing is like it's cl- like the nfl just milks this thing so well and that's why they're the king sports league is they have everything down to calculated science. Like every decision they make has money behind it. So it's like very well run operation, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough because at the end of the day, the people who pay the most, like you have to care about your sponsors, but you have to care about the people who pay the bills, which are the people that watch the games, that buy season tickets, that buy the merch, that kind of stuff. Like as someone who like had little bit of experience in professional sports in the business side it's those are the most important people to your operation and you should always do whatever you can to make to try not to alienate them if they're having a problem whether or not it was your fault or not like it's your job to try to fix it and keep that relationship mutual but what they're doing right now is alienating their fans the NFL is completely pricing everyone out like I've read countless stories on Twitter and Reddit this week of people talking about going to the game and it just being awkward because no one no one there is actually paying attention to the game like if i could go to the super bowl i would be like absolutely but if brock if you were going to give me eight thousand dollars and i could take that 700 bucks and fly to cincinnati and back and i'd pay for my own hotel rooms like i think that would be a way better weekend getting hosed two nights in a row three nights in a row at a bar in cincinnati just with like-minded people right it's that's where I think they're missing the mark. at the end of the day, they make so like NFL makes so much money, they don't give a fine fuck. Well,
3: I feel like once the- they had the Super Bowls be at a neutral site though, they went they started this path. I'm just looking up the list right now. Does anyone know when they started doing that? I do not.
0: No, I don't I, do I don't feel- know that.
3: Cause that that's once you start putting something in a neutral site, you know you can charge outrageous prices and you don't really have to worry about the, you know, Joe below fan as much, right? In theory.
1: Yeah. And then you get the like ancillary deals there too. So like you can have a super bowl, you can sell super bowl packages or partner with hotel chains that will give you 25% of the hotel revenues that are sold from that weekend. Like that's how the NFL really rakes into this business. And I think Eric hit on a good point there. The neutral side aspect of this is something that gets lost in the conversation.
0: I think a few years down the road, you know, talking about neutral sites, I was just thinking about obviously in California, but uh, you know, Utah, Ohio state had an unreal Rose bowl game, you know, in five or six years, you know, down the road when they're, you know, however far they booked the super bowl location, I think whatever the farthest distances they haven't booked yet, you know, if it's 2029 or 2030, I think having a game at the Rose bowl would be pretty fucking cool. You know, big stadium, obviously California, that'd be pretty cool. You know, they'd sell a lot of tickets there and they can't, you know, overcharge There's So there's not really suites or anything there, but. A uh, couple more questions here on the uh, ticket price, obviously $8,772 for those of you that want to go to the game. It's uh, I'm sure it's still there's still some seats available. If not, I'm sure Kijiji has uh, a few buy and sell there. But uh, Westman, the Big Screen Sports account, they give you the black card. They give you $8,772 on the black card. They said, go crazy. Where is your travel destination that you're taking your $8,700 to? And uh, how many days are you going to stay there? What are you going to do in your location?
2: Wow. Uh, got put on the spot again. Uh, probably just stay uh, local, maybe go down to BC, um, go to like a ski resort, maybe go to Banff or somewhere and, you know, rip it up there and, you know, go to the bars at night and spend a shit ton of money and have a good time with the boys, bring the, bring the boys along. I
1: don't know. That's, so um, you're more of an experienced guy than destination is what you're saying, right? Like, you're oh, like, yeah. I'd
2: rather have a good time with the fellas than like go to like Europe I mean, if I was to go down to this, like, if I was going to go to LA to go to the Super Bowl, I would, I would tailgate it. I wouldn't necessarily buy a ticket to go in the stadium, but I would love to go outside, tailgate the shit out of it, and then go to like a local bar and watch a the game there.
0: I can already see it, Wesley. You've taken a nice little Instagram post of you, uh, you know, leaning up against the SoFi Stadium uh, sign out there in front of the stadium that I'm sure all of us have seen numerous times throughout this week. Uh, Sobroski. Quick, uh,
3: quick Wikipedia search has shown that the Super Bowl has always been played at a neutral
0: site. So, my bad, I was wrong. No worries, that's uh, that's what we do here in the Filter Included podcast. Uh, speaking of you, Sabrowski 2023, the home of the Super Bowl is State Farm Stadium. Uh, you still haven't promised me tickets there when we were talking Cardinals this year, but uh, we give you a what's the maximum ticket price you would pay personally to go to a State Farm Stadium Super Bowl, whether it's our Cardinals or not? Well,
3: if I have the quickest TJ rehab of all time and somehow make it to the bigs this year, we'll go. But uh, other than that, I uh, I don't think I'm spending any dollars on that because that is well out of my price range. If they're, you know, if they're at 8500 bucks on average right now, they'll be just as expensive next year. I think that's, that's the type of ticket where once you hit a certain price threshold, will never get below it, and it'll only ever go up or stay the same.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, especially since uh, our quarterback Kyler Murray is on the brink of not being a Cardinal because he wiped all Cardinal things out of his uh, social media, which apparently nowadays is you know nine one one emergency. So uh, I'm sure our Cardinals won't be in that Super Bowl, and they won't be a three year uh, a three year streak of a team hosting the Super Bowl being in the Super Bowl. But uh, we can get to that to a later date. Uh, We're going to get into our Super Bowl mailbag segment here where we have some of our fans who reached out to us, had some questions about the Super Bowl. We're going to start off with our man, Randy Sarge Reckner. Uh, For those of you that don't know, go check us out on YouTube, our big screen sports channel. He, yes, is the man who uh, was shirtless during the interview we had earlier on before any of these gentlemen were part of big screen sports and filter included. But Randy Reckner, shout you out. You got a couple questions for the boys. Uh, obviously, we already answered your first one, which was which team wins. We had our predictions there. But the other question that Sarge or uh, Randy Reckner, as we call him, uh, the question he had. I'll start with you, Sobrowski. Is the MVP going to be an offensive player or a defensive player? And if offensive so, or Bowl MVP?
3: Um. Oh, it's it's going to be Joe Burrow. Man, he's going to throw for three hundred and twenty-five yards, maybe three touchdowns. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, sneaks one in as well. That seems to be a thing. Didn't Brady have one last year? I'm probably wrong again, but crazier things have happened. Offensive player, Joe Burrow. Go
4: it.
0: Tim Bennett, what is your uh, Super Bowl MVP
4: prediction? Sabrowski hit the nail on the head, and if it's not Joe Burrow, it's going to be Jamar Chase. First on, Matty Bengal.
1: I mean, you can't take anyone other than Burrow. Like, the guy has done everything. Like, this team would be nowhere here. I bet you this team without Joe Burrow, if they drafted Tua, let's say this team is not here, not even close. Like, Burrow is everything to this franchise. And, I mean, if their Bengals win the Super Bowl, they damn need a good performance from Joe Burrow because he's done it all this year. He's elevated them here. So, I'm going to go Burrow.
0: Westman, your Super Bowl MVP offense, defense. Who do you got?
2: I got two. Uh, my dart throw is Eli Apple, and then my other one is Odell Beckham Jr., an X Giant. One X Giant's gonna win the Super Bowl MVP.
0: Yeah. So obviously, for me, my uh, prediction would be Joe Burrow being the MVP. That's obviously an easy one, picking the uh, quarterback of the winning team because the Bengals are gonna win the Super Bowl, but. F- Uh, A little bit of a dark horse pick. I'm trying to look it up right now on my betting app, but I can't seem to find it, unfortunately. Uh, The one that I would pick because he had the greatest quote of Super Bowl week so far, Sam Hubbard. You know, thinking Sam maybe gets two and a half sacks, maybe he's 10 tackles, something like that. Guy performs, you know, maybe they shut down that Rams offense uh, because he had the greatest quote of all time pertaining to Harambe, rest in peace, our sweet prince Harambe, who passed away they said we are going to win it for Harambe. So if you can't get behind uh, Cincinnati Bengal playing for Harambe, I don't know what you're doing in the world of sports. So Sam Hubbard is my dark horse pick. If you can find the Super Bowl MVP picks, check it out. Um, Another question we have here. uh, Let me just look it up right now.
1: We have... Actually here, Brock, one sec. This is a good... Tim, Evan McPherson is plus 5,000 to be Super Bowl MVP. (laughs) Like, Is it bad if I put twenty bucks on that? That's a grand.
4: Yeah, just throw it. Cook it up. I'll I ride with you. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> Fuck it. If that happens, I'm quitting, Brock. I'm letting you know. That's fair. Yeah,
0: I uh, I absolutely agree. Uh, another uh, fan reached out. Uh, shout out Drew Tolls, the winner of the twenty five days of Christmas gift card. Shout out Drew Tolls. Uh thank you for being a great listener. His question for all of us starting with uh Maddie Brisson,
1: how does Joey B celebrate if he wins the Super Bowl? I mean he's going to have a cigar the size of Shrek's cock in his mouth pretty quick, I think. That's there's no other way to do it. He's got to find a couch and a big fat cigar in a hurry. Timmy Bengals,
0: uh how does Joey B cer- uh celebrate the Super Bowl win?
4: Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Same thing he does every time he celebrates a win. He is hitting a big cigar. They're going to hit the champagne showers hard. And people are going to roast him for the way that he dances. And I'm going to try to learn how to dance just like that man.
0: Westman, your uh, your thoughts?
2: Uh, he throws on the shades, uh, the pretty cool ones. Uh, champagne showers and a cigar. It's pretty easy. Broski,
0: you're... Uh... You're winning the Super Bowl and you're celebrating. What's your go-to?
3: The Joe Burrow ripping Cubans with the cigars on or with the sunglasses on and standing beside my boy from LSU, Jamar Chase.
1: He's the coolest guy in the world. He just looks like he's inconvenienced when he's doing it, too. He's just like like that, that video of him sitting on the couch. I was just sitting there. I remember the first time I saw it. I was like, I think he's just doing this. Like, I don't know if he knows that the cameras are around. I think he's just like, this is what I would do. I don't give a fuck what else is going on. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. When I saw, when I saw, shout out Drew Tours as uh, his question there, the first thing I thought of, and I think it would be a great one uh, a Mac Jones type picture where it's uh, Joe Burrow shirtless with a nice cigar. Obviously, Mac Jones is a shirtless picture that'll live in our brains forever, but a little Joe Burrow, nice little photo op with uh, Jamar Chase. And I think to boot with that celebration, we'll get a nice Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the uh, respective fathers, and a nice pick of four with all of their cigars in the locker room post game. So that's that's a nice little uh, shout out to uh, the dads there of the two guys there on the Cincinnati Bengals. The last question we have of our Super Bowl mailbag questions, we appreciate the listeners sending them in. Is uh, one of our more avid and interactive listeners? Shout out Teddy Hayes. Uh, shout out Timmy Bengals. Uh, still don't know how that's going on here, but she is a listener and she is a great one. So she had a couple of questions here for the boys. Uh, Westman, I'll start off with you. Can the Bengals protect Joe Burrow and will it matter if they can't?
2: I think it'll definitely play a huge impact on the game. Um, Can the Bengals protect, protect Joe Burrow? Hard to say. I mean, we're going to find out on Sunday, but uh, yeah, I I mean, if if they don't, then Joe Burrow just got to, you know, try to get the ball out of his hands quick and, you know, and short passes and easy completions.
0: Dabrowski, do you believe uh, Joe Burrow can be protected from uh, Aaron Donald and company?
3: I think that'll be a tough task, but, uh, you know, that offensive line, they're NFL caliber, they're NFL players. And if you can't get up for the Super Bowl of all games, I mean, I, I expect them to be ready to go. And Aaron Donald's tough. Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller, tough uh, cast characters coming down on you. But I think uh, I think they should be able to be fine.
0: Timmy Bengals, the man himself, can from your lady, can the Bengals protect Joe Burrow?
4: Uh, sure, he knows the answer is absolutely they can. The real question is, will they? And the answer is also fucking yes, they will.
1: Maddie Breezer, I think that they. <laughs> I think that they can't like we almost got him killed against the Titans who, when I watched the film and listened to the people that know more about football review the film for me, I realized that the Titans schemed up a very good game, game plan to kind of attack the Bengals align their weaknesses. So well done there. I don't know if the Bengals will protect them, but I think they'll do good enough. And you can also scheme around a pass rush as much as you can scheme up a pass rush. So some quick slants start punishing the defense for bringing too many or bringing them too quick throw a screen stuff like that I think that it's going to be I think the Bengals are good enough at diagnosing the play and the defensive play before the snap and I also think Joe Burrow is just like the smartest motherfucker on the field at all times so if you're going to trust anybody to read the defense pick it apart know where the open players are going to be it's it's number nine no questions asked
0: yeah, my, uh, my stupid advanced football brain and myself, uh, I have a prediction in my mind when I saw this question. Shout out Teddy Hayes for the question. Uh, I believe that there will be one Joe Burrow interception in the first half where he, uh, you know, Zach Taylor and that offense scheme up getting the ball uh, out of his hands very quickly. I think he'll get rid of one too quickly. And whether it's dropped or bobbled or just straight caught, I think there'll be a, an interception because of the too quick delivery from uh, Joe Burrow. And I think in the second half, the offensive line will wake up and say, you know what? We have to give our quarterback a little bit more time, maybe a second or two more. And we can't just rely on the short game and the get rid of the ball quickly. But I will predict that. I don't want to, but that's just what my stupid advanced football brain predicts. Last question here uh, from Teddy Hayes. And we have one more from uh, our own big screen sports man, but we'll get into that after. Teddy Hayes, shout her out. Tim Burnett, since you are the best looking guy on the podcast, let's answer this one for you first. Is Joe Burrow the best-looking quarterback in the league? And if not, who is?
4: Yes. Hands down, yes. The man's the coolest man in America. I wish I was him. And I've been told that I'm allowed to have Joe Burrow as my hall pass. So there you go. Matty Bengal.
1: Yeah, actually, piggybacking on Tim, uh, not only can Burrow have my hall pass, he can have my girlfriend's hall pass, but she doesn't know that yet, so... Uh, that'll be an interesting conversation, but absolutely, he is—he's a hot man. Whether she listens
0: or not, I'm sure she'll definitely appreciate that comment when it comes full circle. Sabrowski, your thoughts? Best-looking quarterback is it Joe Burrow?
3: He's got the looks and he's got the swag, like we talked about earlier. I think uh, he's got—he's got it going for him.
0: Westman, is it Daniel Jones or is it Joe Burrow?
2: I was going to go off the board here and say uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, is his roster off the fields looking pretty good,
0: so you're saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is a Derek Jeter of the football world. he's got his whole uh his whole football lineup of uh former girlfriends
2: uh not quite there yet, but uh he's on his way,
0: yeah, obviously you know Jimmy Garoppolo is any girl's wet dream, but in this case, I think Joe Burrow obviously is one of those that uh he is the most confident man in America right now, so how can he not be the best looking man as well so Uh, Shout out Teddy Hayes for those two questions. Obviously got the boys all fired up. Uh, The last one we have here, just pulling it up from our very own Gavin Turnick. Westy, I'll ask you this first because it's about you. If Westy's sex life was a street sign, what sign would it be? I'll repeat Um, that. I'll repeat that for you. If Westy's sex life was a street sign, what sign would it be? One way. Bennett, Timmy Bennett. Same for Tim. This is part of the question. Same for Tim. If Tim's sex life was a street sign, what sign would it be?
4: Oh man, if oh, I've got too many jokes, I want to say, but I can't say because I'd get fired from my actual job. Left um, turns only. How about that?
1: Maddie Person, your your, uh, your sex life in a street sign uh a, let's go yield
0: sign so we all know you're an engaged man we appreciate you that throwing in the chat in case we didn't forget to rub it in a little bit but your sex life is a street sign any comment any concern if not do you have one for any of the other filter included members here tonight
3: i'm just here so i don't get fined
1: <laughs> just give brock give it to brock what, what is brock's sex life
3: brock's oh man brock's no outlet I don't know. One like, not, no nothing's exit. happening over here. No do not I am yeah. saying do not
0: enter so I appreciate you not saying that one for me but uh that's our uh that's a our Super caution, Bowl construction uh, sign. Yeah. Speed bumps ahead. Speed bumps ahead there. There we go. That's our uh, Super Bowl mailbag segment. Uh that's our Super Bowl topic and uh a lot of great questions we appreciate the listeners out there sharing those with us. If you want to Be included on the next podcast whatever topic it may be uh shout us out on instagram twitter facebook and tiktok at big screen sports for twitter it's at big screen sport and make sure you share this podcast with all your friends and family on whatever podcast platform streaming service they use because we are everywhere filter not included we are everywhere